I think I did it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, participants, I do not have anyone in the room yet. Um, Dusty said he was going to be late. So, yeah, just go ahead and check on that for me, uh, just to, on your end, just to make sure. Um, and shoot me a text if nothing, if it's not working right. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's going good, but if something goes wrong, I will shoot you a text. All right, thanks, man. No problem. All right, cool. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Hello. It is I, Robbie Rapole, once again with Let's Talk About Feelings uh, on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Big, big, big thanks to Guy Aitchison and Gabe Ripley uh, from Reinventing the Tattoo Network uh, for allowing us to have this place where we can talk about feelings, tattoos, and all kinds of other shit. Um, today, I am in my tattoo room because I am working on a back piece. Uh, it's a friend of mine who was actually on the show before. Her name is Erica Noon. Uh, she does my beautiful hairs, and she just gave me an upgrade. So, um, yeah. Uh, she came to town and I am doing her hairs. I mean, I'm doing her tattoo. She did my hairs. We're working on a giant back piece. She should be in here at some point in time, uh, unless she's tapping for the day. Who knows? But, uh, you know, getting tattooed and being on a podcast at the same time can be difficult at times. Um, and Dusty is going to be a few minutes late. Do-do-do-do-do. Um, but I just wanted to say, oh, okay. All right. I'm going to um, send the Zoom link. Hey, kids. There we go. Zoom link. Gotcha, bitch. Oh, yeah, we're live, but you guys are cool. This is a very, um, very low, uh, 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 it's not super, um, damn it, the words. Uh, it's very casual. There we go. Casual. I'm going to start playing that. I'm going to see if I could. Um, bring that that little stool that thing slides. Um, so so are you wanting to get tattooed while we work while we do this, or do you want to chime in when I can? Okay, okay. Sorry, I gotta breathe, you know. All right, all right. Well, so this um is Erica Noon, as I said before. <laughs> Uh, and this is the lovely Arlene, whose last name I do not know. Me. All right. <laughs> um, so Arlene's along for the ride, and Erica came to do tattoos and hair. Well, get tattooed and do hair. Amber, hello. Yeah, like the voyage. Voyage. <laughs> Okay. Like, can I like sit up or? Like, oh, Dusty. Okay. Um, actually, I'm gonna have to flip you around. Um, just because I'm gonna work on the other side. Uh, Whatever makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I'm gonna ask you to move now. 
Absolutely. I just noticed that the ring light is a heart, and that is light. Yeah. <laughs> so Donna got that for me, and uh, she bought it on Amazon, and I saw one at a convention, like a week before it came into the into the mail. So you know, when she got it, I was when it got here, I was like, oh yeah, I've already seen that. So I was totally a dick, and like completely spoiled the beauty of that surprise. Oh. So you know. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> if you like that. So um at the bottom there, that's Dusty. He is a he is the um the legitimate other host, and Amber is our like honorary other host because she's always in here with us hanging out. Um this is so very weird doing this again because last time I did it and tattooed, it was still weird. It's just weird like doing this and tattooing at the same time. I feel like I'm like crossing worlds here so uh, um can you guys hear me um uh, i don't know if i can hear either of you and or if either of you have set up on again i have well, apparently i was go. muted oh okay well i can hear you well happy birthday nice to see you <laughs> uh, happy new year yes indeedly happy new year Hi. Oh, look at that. You're going to be right in the in the camera there. Oh, shit. Okay. There you go. It's too bad. <laughs> if I duck out, I'm dying. <laughs> As we all know, tattoos hurt. It's tickling. It's been great. It's so fun. Woo. Yes. My tattoo on my calf tickled. Yeah. No. I, I giggled through the entire thing, and the girl who was with me thought I was nuts. Yeah, fuck all that noise, homie. No. Haven't found the tickle spot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I have a topic for today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, go on? So Erica is in town from out of town. Uh, and <laughs> it seems that we're all kind of going through some shit in life right now. And it's kind of like, well, with the exception of Arlene, I don't know if she's going through shit so much, but you know. I'm always going through shit. Right. <laughs> different day, different shit storm. Um, and one of the things I've been seeing a lot on the internet, which is, I hate to say it, but since we're being transparent, the thing that's been fucking bugging me on the internet in the past few days was everybody, New Year, gonna be great. I fucking love this new year. And I'm like, you know what? My new year isn't starting out so fucking amazing. And I'm pretty disappointed about that because I can't get out of a funky head state. Um, so it's funny, like being one of the positivity people in the world and having to like <laughs> accept that you're not perfect. <laughs> so yeah. I that think you're perfect. Thing. What's that, Lovey? I said, I think you're perfect. You're too sweet. Aww. I love you, Dusty. Thank you, hon. <laughs> I think you're perfect as well. And well, I appreciate you. And you know what? Your perfectness has helped me. So keep that in mind. I appreciate that more than you fucking know. Because, uh, you know, being perfectly imperfect is kind of. I've learned how I've had to be lately. 
I'm doing my best. Yeah, I'm doing my fucking best. I'm just trying to be perfectly human. That's it. Yeah. That's and humans it. are flawed. That is it. We are all flawed mother truckers. Uh, so yeah. Um, anyone go through anything specifically wonderful or not wonderful over the holiday break? At me. Yeah, holler. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw in my story. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I have a tooth again. Uh, Yay. So this is I'll I'll give you the very abridged, and that's pun intended because bridge. <laughs> um, the the very abridged version is uh, New Year's. I took a bite of a slice of pizza. Not exactly the most tough guy way to lose your tooth, and uh, my two front teeth uh, went out. And it was one of them is attached to the other. It's an implant that I got when I was like 18. So they're old. I guess it was kind of their time. It is what it is. But I had to look super goofy for two days. And every time I said anything that began with F, it would sound like thief and make like a whistling noise. Uh, it was it was not I'm my chipmunk song. Um, but there's a dentist that uh, I actually met through Zachary Good. He had tattooed him and then I tattooed him a bunch. He's a super rad dude. We had mutual friends. I did like a shit ton of lettering pieces on him. Uh, I texted him New Year's Eve and I was like, hey man, it's like 1030 New Year's Eve. I 100% do not expect you to respond until business week, but this happened. Is there an easy way to fix it, et cetera? Uh, the dude actually has the audacity to text me back on New Year's Eve and say, yeah, be at my office eight on Monday. I'll move some things around and get you in. So he was super rad, got me in. Uh, I woke up at like 6.30 this morning to get there on time, which I didn't know there was a 6.30 in the morning. And uh, I, I usually roll out of bed at the crack of nine. So 6.30 was hard. And uh, I went in. Well, it turns out when they did the implants, what had actually happened was they filed down with that particular little bridge piece, the original tooth and like fixed in like an implant to the tooth. So a real tooth broke. Um, so it went from like, oh, yeah, we'll just glue that shit back together to like, oh, you need a root canal right now. And then we're going to like drill a post into your gums and like post this thing. Uh so yeah, it was a day. I was there for like four hours, immediately got here like two minutes before my client. All of the lidocaine wore off. So now I'm feeling that sweet root canal. And uh, it was not the funnest way to spend two days. The bright side is most of what's up here, I thought were implants. They actually like piled down teeth. It's a whole mess. But my, my grill has been jacked up for years anyways. And I've been telling this guy for like two years that I was going to go to him and uh as long as i've been tattooing i'm like yeah i just need to get everything fixed i need to get everything fixed so this kind of forced my hand that now i'm in his files and i'm there so we've got an appointment for late january to do a bunch of x-rays and come up with a battle plan and uh he's he's given me the homie hookup price but the homie hookup price for what we're gonna do is gonna still be like fifteen thousand dollars um but i'm gonna have a work is not cheap yeah, but I'm going to have a whole new grill by the summertime. Uh, he's gotten most of it, putting in all sorts of nice indestructible implants. I'm going to have legit pearly whites. Dude, that is um, a really shitty, wonderful way to get things moving. <laughs> Everything oh, happens for a reason, doesn't it? Here, here's, no. the bonus, 
caveat to all that is uh, where he like drilled the post and replaced that tooth. Uh, he said, it's pretty heavy duty. It should be fine. But the chewing isn't going to be my favorite with it. And then it could break again. So I am essentially on a very limited soft food and liquid diet for at least a month until they get that sorted, which also kicks off my lose the 10 pounds I gained over winter. So I'm very awfully forcefully fixing my body and my life. <laughs> good on you, playboy. Good on you. There you go. It, it, ain't, it ain't good on me. It's a freak accident causing it. Right, right. It works. It works. It works. It works. Nobody, nobody that is a member of Reinventing the Tattoo tuned in for this podcast is thinking like, they're just talking about dental work. <laughs> let's let's talk about fillings. Yeah, let's talk about fillings. Ah. I see what you did there. Hey, so in the in the vein of that concept, um, you guys have been traveling from Philly to now here, but you stopped in North Carolina. So what kind of feelings have arisen for you guys along the journey All of your 10-day trip? <laughs> All of them. Uh, excitement, uh, a few bumps in the road, but uh, ultimately, all of it. <laughs> I mean, for as, I mean, traveling is always an anxiety. It's exciting, but there's, oh, there's the excitement, there's the anticipation, but it's always anxiety. Always an anxiety there. You have in your mind how everything is just going to unfold beautifully in this magnificent way, and then traffic yeah. happens. And <laughs> you're trying to keep the schedule, but not trying to keep the schedule. So you, enjoy it. you have a tire that's losing air, and you don't know which one it's losing <laughs> air. And it's a rental van. All the rental van company, they said, but did you Google it? We've been Googling van problems and learning. <laughs> this is the research for the van. Super special to me was the kindness. Yeah. The, those pops of kindness that would happen during the day from random strangers and just how, uh, how the simple act of being kind to somebody can take an absolute shitty moment and make you realize, wow, you know, it just restores your faith, right? And we had those moments where we couldn't do the campground. The campground was the cutest. Oh, the campground too. I built a fire. You know, they left up. They left uh, a clipboard out with our name on it. And little known fact, I don't know if y'all have this. If you have Sprint, you can set your own caller ID on your phone. And my caller ID is set to Wonder Woman. So when I call places that don't know, <laughs> they answer the fucking phone because they're like, I need to see who's calling. So when we rolled in, it was like, welcome, Wonder Woman. She just fired her to the camp spot and somebody help us with the tire. So as frustrating as it was, we had these moments mm -hmm. of yeah. random kindness. Doing oh, yeah. 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 And we've seen the beauty on the yeah. trip. It doesn't have to be big. It just yeah. it can just be the slight, it can be an acknowledgement or 
the well, grace know. of someone holding the door open for you. But you know, kindness is free. We have a limited supply of it. Yeah. And it's the easiest thing to give. Yep. And you like you've been doing that this whole trip because I mean you guys pulled in Arlene is an angel on this earth. <laughs> you guys so, are really I mean you pulled in on Friday. Yeah. And I had just finished tattooing. So I come home and there's a woman I don't know that's just being really kind and helpful. You know, and then fucking the rest, the next few days, really, really, really awesomely helpful throughout the whole weekend. And like, that's a kindness that not everyone gives, right? You know, so uh, that was super greatly appreciated. And now yeah. I have, you know, that's really cool. Uh, so like, and today, like you helped me and Han figure out uh, timing stuff. What? Have enough time to do the things. Collaboration. And yes. Communities. Yes. Community. Community. You so said the village thing a lot. The village. Yeah. My tribe. Like that's how. That's how you strip us down. To you strip all this facade down. It, it's the village. It's the tribe. It's it's helping everyone out. Yeah. And we lose yeah. sight of that a lot. We really do. We really do. And I feel like traveling definitely helps you. Like come back into that. Nice. Dusty, I know you're probably super familiar with that from all the traveling you've been doing lately. You know, just the the random strange kindness, kind strangeness. Uh, there, there was a guy named Michael that helped us with our RV that I will forever be fucking, mm -hmm. you know, grateful for. Uh, because I was crying in the RV and I was like, oh, dude. He's like, call me in my house. I got this figured out. I'm an RVer. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Um, and you don't get that uh, if you don't have major problems. But yeah, Dusty, like I was saying, you probably have a, quite a bit of knowledge of the random kindnesses on strange trips due to all the work you've been doing outside of the state. Um, yeah, that's I, my favorite thing doing all these wacky trips is uh, there's always like that one person that you keep in touch with. Like I'm actually, I need to text Brittany back uh, but I'm doing the guest spot there and there's the girl that I tattooed there the last time the bat thing on that like kept in touch that I'm just like she's like yeah tattoo me again next time you're in town reach out whatever um, the amount of people that just want to you know like here's my info there was a okay this, a short story <laughs> so, hold on send a voicemail somebody was calling me threw me all off um, uh, when we did 208 uh carlton and riley's uh convention in uh boise last year there was a lady we were in phoenix and aura and i were talking um at the airport in phoenix on our layover about tattooing and this lady just chilling waiting for her plane too starts talking to us and she oh i just got tattooed and i got other stuff i want to get but blah 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 well it turns out she was flying to boise as well she lives there um and she ended up giving us her number and uh what her and her son both wanted to get was more my style her and her husband ended up meeting up with us and uh they grabbed a drink and you know we chatted with them and i ended up tattooing her and her son but like she was legit like next time you guys are out here for this like we have a house don't pay to stay somewhere we've got a boat you guys can go out on the boat with us like that's awesome met her in an airport chatted with her for 30 minutes and she's just like yeah you guys can just crash at our house for free whatever like you know, pet, pet my dog, eat my food, steal my job, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's awesome. 
everywhere you go, you, you meet one. I'm doing a Fox and Sparrow in Muncie this weekend. And, uh, the people there, I just kind of met through Carlton by total accident. And they're like, come out to our shop. You can stay with us for free. Hang out. We'll make cookies like all that. It's just crazy. The strangers are just so down to uh, do that. Yeah, man, it really is. And it's fucking cool. Like when you like attract that, you know, and you, you're, you're in the airport, <laughs> you're stressed out and then you attract like a healer. Mm -hmm. oh and i was i was definitely stressing because just the flight to 208 was over a grand plus the booth plus everything and i don't know anyone in boise so i had zero things booked i went out there 100 on josh just being like yeah it's busy you'll be fine and i'm like kind of low-key stressing at the airport like i have nothing booked for this weekend i have to make at least 2500 dollars to hit even Uh, and then yeah the universe just throws me lady kicking it waiting for her plane she had flown to phoenix for like a machine gun kelly concert or something like that she's just like fuck it tattoo my whole family that's fucking awesome man i love that when like you go to a different state or a different country and you meet somebody on a friday and you tattoo them and then the rest of the weekend you're tattooing the whole fucking family yeah (laughs) yeah it's a really it's traveling is so cool and it's such a weird time like, we've been talking about this a lot since you guys have been here. Like Donna was saying, you know, she doesn't ever want to travel alone. And me and Arlene and, and Erica are all like, yeah, I could totally travel alone. I'll, I'll fucking I'm cool. good with traveling alone. What's that? I'm good with traveling alone. Yeah, it's fucking fun, man. Like, yeah, I love it. I love traveling alone. I love staying alone. I love being responsible for only me. Yeah. I do not like being in a car by myself for longer than four hours. No, I love yeah. That. Um, four, four hours in, I'm losing it. I have to like crank up Fergalicious or whatever and just scream at the top of my lungs. <laughs> try and entertain myself because I am so, I could drive 20 hours straight if I'm with people I like talking with. But I think I, I called you or you called me when I was on my way back from Atlanta because you had news and we were chatting a little bit and I think I kept you on the phone for like 45 minutes straight. You're oh like, God, well, that reminds ba- me. I baby. Have news. And I'm like, no, don't go. Dude, the other night when we were talking on the phone for like two and a half hours while I was painting, like, <laughs> yeah. we have a tendency of chatting. Dusty do... reminded me, I have news. Go on. Okay, so... Some things have fallen. I don't want to talk it up too much and make it not happen. But some things have fallen into my lap. What's here? Um, New Year's Eve Eve. During the day, a friend of mine texts me and says, um, I'm at a tattoo shop about 20 minutes from your house. Can you get here? I need your help. And I'm like, Okay, weird cryptic message. I'm like, give me the address. I'll be right there. Because I tattoo this girl all the time. I make the executive decision to spend the last of the money I had in my account on an Uber to get there. The next thing I know, me and the guy tattooing her are comparing products and talking. And he's looking at my artwork. And he wants to interview me on the 6th. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. 
to go from, you know, part-time underground tattooer to fully licensed in a shop tattooer and cherry on top piercer. No shit. And the shop's 20 minutes from my house. That is fucking awesome. And you answered the call, right? Like... Yeah, when she sent me that cryptic message, my gut just said, you need to take this. Yeah. I literally spent the last of the money I had to get there. I was like, something is telling me I need to go here. And we talked for a while. I had met him at the Atlantic City Tattoo Expo when I was there with her. And we just started talking and I started showing him my Instagram and he's like, bring your portfolio in on the sixth. We can look at your artwork and talk about a contract. Okay. Yeah. Fuck, that is so exciting, dude. I am elated. I am so elated. The anxiety isn't even what's going the most. The excitement is. Fuck yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of anxiety there, but I am so fucking ang- excited. It's in the background. That is fucking rad. That's such a good feeling when like... And you guys are the first ones I've told. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. You know, you're off topic because we were talking about how things are shitty. <laughs> Well, honestly, yeah, way to way to bring up. I'm all about maintaining balance in life. There you go. There you go. Well, really, at the end of the day, like it was, le- it's less shitty and it's more. My brain is all over the place, and when I sit yeah. back, things are really good, but my brain is all over the place. Am I having a hard time getting settled? But that is amazing news, and I am super fucking happy for you. And like, you inspired me to take that damn step. Fuck yeah, dog. Thank you. Thank you very much. I am stepping forward into my future. Yes. Well, you know, you're the only one that can step forward for you. I know. You're the fuck we are. <laughs> and I'm super fucking proud of you for doing that. Now I think I need a tattoo to get rid of the anxiety. (laughs) You know, it's funny. So we use nine on Erica today. uh, And there's, I I have a couple steps to numbing. So it's like you have the pre-deadener, then you have the numbing soap, then you have the holy water on breaks. And uh, I was like, hey, you want some numbing soap? And she's like, nah, I think I need to feel this for a little bit. Yeah, that's. I'm waiting to get my ankle done until my therapist unearths something I really need to get through. And then I'm sure I'll be like, all right, it's time to cover up my ankle. What is that? Because I mean, you have a, you have some introspective, open-minded thinkers here. We can all share some perspective on what uh, might help you through what you need to get through. There's a list. Ah. My pension for narcissists. Um, don't, my don't guilt over not having a great relationship with my mother when she passed away. There's, I mean, 
there's a lot of baggage in here. My therapist is constantly going, oh, my God. And yeah. when your therapist goes, oh, my God, all the time, I'm afraid I'm going to break her. <laughs> hey, as long as it don't break you, fuck it. <laughs> she, she's a very nice girl. Yeah, and right. She's always like, oh, that's so sucky. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm just afraid I'm going to break her. <laughs> like, gee, thanks? Question mark. And she doesn't get my sarcasm. She, mm. I'm, I'm really deadpan. You know, I've been through a lot of shit. I've developed some seriously deadpan sarcasm. And she doesn't always get the sarcasm. And she just looks at me in horror. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes things are horrific. Yeah. Uh, that's reality, right? But you have to laugh at them. Right. Absolutely. Like, I definitely have made more of a practice of laughing at losing my leg than feeling sad about it. Mm -hmm. I allow myself yeah. to hold, but like, yeah. gotta laugh about it more. Was that one of those moments that you had to feel? Yeah. yeah. I felt that you felt that. I what a time. Yeah, it's weird. Like, so as I'm sitting here talking to you guys and listening, I I'm coming to the reality that sometimes I'm just a crybaby, which is a fancy way of saying crybaby. Um <laughs> me too. I over-dramatize a lot of the shit that's going on in my head, and I have a bad time with it. And because I'm, you know, over-dramatizing things. So it's just- I'm a real, I'm, I'm guilty of having arguments in my head that never really happen. Yeah, who isn't? Yeah. I, I am a polar opposite. I am a, if it's happening to others, I'm very empathetic. If it's happening to me, I am super chill about it on the outside, at least, because it's very like, I don't like inconveniencing others with my issues. And I feel like a lot of times that happens where, you know, oh, hey, this happened and you're just trying to vent it out a little bit. And then other people start offering solutions to problems that don't really have solutions and then they're what can I do and then it turns into a whole thing and before you know it they're upset more so than you are and then you're like trying to care for them over your issues and it I'm really bad about that so I usually just like I literally just rolled around for two days looking like a homeless ass boxer and I was just like this is this is fine this is all fine as I'm like whistling to <laughs> But I'm I cannot over dramatize it, but I can do it for other people really well. Like, tell me your problems, and I can be like, the fucking shit they're doing to Robbie. <laughs> I don't know what that. Is. You, are, you are very good at um, being a loving, compassionate, uh, helping hand for when someone's going through something. Because you and I have talked through a lot of shit in the past few months. Yeah, uh, I'm the lesson that I learned from the show Parks and Rec, uh, the whole thing with Chris Traeger and Ann, where it was basically he kept trying to fix everything. I am a chronic fixer, and I have learned in a lot of situations, you just have to step back and let people vent and be like, okay, do you need help or do you just need sympathy right now? Mm. And 
I hear just, all the time when people talk, I'll say, do you need me to listen, be an attentive listener, or do you need advice? Because I can, yeah. I can, or, or, but I can, because I think sometimes what people need is someone else just to sit in their pain with them. Yeah. And see yeah. it, not try to fix it. They just need to have that sit. We have to be more willing, I think, to to sit in discomfort yeah. with people we love. Because sometimes that's the biggest support when someone else knows that there's someone willing to to be there for them. Well, that's I can I can attest. I don't think that. that made sense, but no, it's perfect. <laughs> um when me and Donna first started dating, I had a coach. And he would always ex try to explain to me when she tells you, like, she just needs you to love her. That just means, like, be there. Just be there. And I'm like, I don't fucking know what you mean. You know, <laughs> it was so stressful. And honestly, with her, a lot of the time, she needs to be seen. She needs to be heard. And then we can move on. But, like, I have to let her really be heard. And that's too much for me a lot of the time. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. I, I want to fix. I don't know. Who do I need to kill? And now I'm on fucking overload, you know? Yeah. It, it's hard when you're an empathetic person, too, because it is like, I literally, like, lost a front tooth. And it's like, okay, well, what can I do to help? Can I get, you know, what? And I'm like, unless you have a fucking tooth wand, like, I, unfortunately, the this one's just going to have this one's just gonna have to fucking simmer until a dentist can see me and it, it is awesome to know people that want to be that way and i'm so guilty of that that i'm like what what do you need what do you need and like i have turned it into my happy middle ground is letting people vent sitting in the misery with them but instead of necessarily offering solutions because that's not what they want to just offer like praise and validation and just be able to be like look you know you're fucking rad. This is going to be all right. It's all good. Keep venting. And I'm just going to pepper in every 15 minutes with, yeah, you, you fucking rule, though. It'll be all right. No, you're absolutely right. Well, like, dude, you did that for me the other night. Um, you know, we were talking about me and some of the struggles that I face and, you know, how I fucking feel less than with a lot of things. And you were like, well, you know you're rad. Like, why don't you put less pressure on it and just, like, Wait for it to come to you. And the funny thing is, that's the answer I want. That's the answer that's in the back of my head that I'm like, if I can just fucking like manifest some shit and be patient until it comes and know that I'm exactly where I am, that's all I want. But then when I'm there, all I want is a struggle. You know, I need to have something going crazy in my life. Otherwise, yeah. like, how, how can I live? You know, <laughs> like, Because you thrive on chaos. But I don't want to, but I do. <laughs> I, I did the same thing for my homework for James's class. I had two weeks to do it, and I did it New Year's Eve. There you go. I put undue pressure on myself because I thrive under pressure. Yeah, no, I 100% thrive under pressure. That's why I don't create tattoo art beforehand. We figure it out day of. <clears throat> and it always works best for me. Otherwise, I'm at home stressing myself out, coming up with the wrong ideas. And then when we do it in person at Tattoo Day, it all works out. And that pressure is what I need to make diamonds. <laughs> Beautifully said. Oh, well, thank you, Han. 
It it is. Yeah, I think uh, that pressure helps a lot. But just I feel like we're all kind of idle hands, busy hands kind of people that just need like I, I could not sit on the beach with a book for even a day. I couldn't do it. I know people that could do it for a whole week. I could read on the beach for one hour and then I would be like exploring boardwalk, throwing rocks, like chasing birds. Like I, I do be doing, and it's hard when you get put in positions where it is kind of hurry up and wait patience, that virtue. And you know, you've got to wait for the right time to like with the stuff you were talking about, you've got to wait for that right time to do it. You've got to wait for the time to come for things. Sometimes you have to kind of just chill and let it come to you. And like, uh, one of, one of my favorite quotes about patience, uh, because I feel like it personifies me really well as from the Simpsons where Homer sits back by the phone and he says, now we play the waiting game. And he makes it like three whole seconds. And he's like, the waiting game sucks. Let's play hungry, hungry hippos. Um, (laughs) And and that's me. Like I, I can wait for about three seconds and I'm like, all right, what do we do now? Dusty the coach. Drive on Simpsons quotes to help you coach through life. <laughs> yes, I love that. But no, it's super relatable too. Because like, how many of us really can sit there and wait for the thing that they want? Like for me, I want complete fucking financial and time freedom. And the fact that I don't have both of those on demand right now drives me nuts. Drives me absolutely fucking insane. Because then I can't even appreciate the time that I'm down. Because I want all this, and I want the downtime like without uptime that I don't want. Yeah, what what would you do with time freedom? I'm curious to know. I don't think it would work for more than a week. You know, like yeah. I I'd have to write a book. <laughs> but I see that freedom though, because you would immediately restrict yourself to I have to write this many times a day. What's the best? <laughs> do I get a word processor? Do I get a typewriter? Now I'm researching typewriter. That's 5 a.m. I just spent eight grand on a vintage typewriter. What kind of paper do I need? Like, no, you're absolutely fucking right, man. Fall into that. Absolutely fucking right. No, I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, I don't know what I would do with extra time. I'd probably fill it with things that restrict my time. You know. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a balance. You if you control what restricts your time then that's way cooler than, you know, if you work at McDonald's and it's kind of like, oh, this is what restricts my time for exactly. bullshit for all amount of money. Well, you know, it's like, then I have people like Arlene who she says she could travel all the time and that would probably drive me nuts. And I think it's because like I desire this solitude peace thing, but I don't. <laughs> So, what is it about traveling that like makes you so wanderlusty? Uh, it's it's something that came to me probably ten years ago because I was always like really very deeply rooted in where I came from, was proud of where I came from, really strong family ties, and then I just got to a point in my life where. I shifted the lens slightly and saw that there was something, there was a whole panoramic uh, panatone of color that I wasn't seeing. And so I started traveling and traveling also, 
it goes through my fear, right? Because there is an element of safety that you always want to have in your life. And when you take yourself out of what's familiar to you, you there's fear and pushing through that and finding my place and my voice and being introduced to different cultures and music and sounds. And one of the things that it's, it's taught me is that we're all so alike, but at the same time, living circumstances are so different. So regardless of where I traveled, it, people have the same problems. Their economic status mm -hmm. and political status might be different, but it, they're, they're having the same problems or having the same issues. And it's, it's interesting to see from a cultural perspective how people handle it. Yeah, that's um, fucking wild. That's, I love that you said that because that was a big thing growing up that I feel like, I, I mean, I live in Dayton, like we're right between Columbus and Cincinnati. It's big enough to be metropolitan-ish, but small enough to still be like the Midwest, USA. And uh, the amount of, no offense to ladies, but it was typically girls that would do the whole, like, I hate the town I live in. I'm going to the big city. And they would go to the big city. And I'm like, you're going to have the exact same problems there because you suck regardless of where you're at. Uh, you know, it's not a where you're at issue. It's a life issue. Well, the thing that I've seen is less with gender and more with the drug addicts. It's always funny watching the drug addicts be like, yeah, I moved away and the problems found me. Not funny. Well, like, yeah, like, you know, but like, you you didn't think you would find new junkie friends? Like, <laughs> I mean, like you go, your problems will follow you. And I, I moved away from Florida one time because I thought it was going to fix all my problems. It didn't. I still had problems everywhere I went. Still had problems. Yeah, so yeah I thought crazy. about moving out of New Jersey, but it's not really New Jersey that's the problem. So it's Bon Jovi that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark, let's see. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> that Which was awesome. This. Yeah, you stumped me. I'm like, how do I keep the conversation moving? <laughs> if Bon Jovi is the problem, it doesn't mean It doesn't mean there aren't people that can't relocate and find better people or a better situation. Right. I do. But for the most part, if you're relocating just to run from problems and you're the problem, right probably just gonna suck wherever you go yeah yeah my friend <laughs> my friend pastor don that i used to hang out with uh he i love this analogy he's like so if you move away from the hood and you smoke crack and drink 40s and then you know you can still go back and smoke crack and drink 40s on the porch but like you don't have to live there anymore because you don't live in the hood anymore like it's not your neighborhood like and these dudes are getting mad at you for not fucking smoking crack and drinking 40s. And like, but you're like, no, I don't live here no more. And it's not where you live. Oh, it's yeah. where you, yeah, it's uh -huh. like, yes, exactly. It's where you live. Exactly. Yeah, so it's very interesting. Are you dying up here? No, I don't know. What do you need from <laughs> me, hon? You need a, a, a holy water break? You want, you a want, spritz? 
Can I get a spritz? Yeah, we'll give you a spritz. Give you a spritz here. Like, I feel like a real live fucking, like, uh, in the future grown up. I got my fucking cell phone taping my fucking tattoo session for my for my YouTube tattoo educational. I got my podcast going on, on my computer. I set this all up myself. I called Kyle for fucking help today, and I didn't even need help. Nice. You called him, and then I remembered what I was doing. So that's a perfect fucking um, segue to get into remember who you are. Fucking remember, you know the fuck what you're doing, even if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Hmm. Hand it off your whole body. Wait, why can you place this? The easiest of spots. Well, yeah, I just got really geeked for myself. Like, yeah. All right, so I'm going to bail out a little early today. Ooh. Our apprentice, our little tatter tot, is getting ready to do something, and I'm sitting and watching her. So, nice. yeah, I might, I might actually let it roll and just mute myself and just chime in with a Bon Jovi joke here and there. <laughs> well, tell your little tatter tot that we love them, and uh, the tattoo gods are watching. Thanks. Hello, we love you. So yeah, I'll I'll stay on, but I'm gonna mute my microphone and help her out, and then hop back in. Okay, cool. Well, we'll we're be taking a break here, so I'm actually gonna be in front of the thing for a moment. Yeah. I saw your new hair, Robbie. It looks awesome. Oh, thank you. Erica is the reason for the season when it comes to Robbie's new hair. Nice. Good job. Thank you. That is what's partying. Wow. Yeah, I um, it's weird. Donna wanted me bring the inward to the outward. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Donna wanted me to stay with the pink, like to stay on brand. And I I don't know, man. I just kind of felt like, nope, I need a need a rainbow. Speaking of Donna. If pink can change the color of her hair, you can. Right, right, exactly. That is so funny you said that because I said that exact same thing to Erica this morning. I'm like and Pink's hair fucking now. She's still on brand. Man, I totally forgot that Pink changed her hair up yeah. like that. Yeah, she's all kinds of blonde now. Probably 20 years. Yeah. So this is something I'm noticing right now. Like tattooers will always like stare at your tattoos and like, oh, yeah. you Erica know, does that with hair. Erica does that with hair. Yeah. Massage therapists yeah. will just come up mm -hmm. behind you and start massaging you. Just, like, just pat the <laughs> No, I do like that with the 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 raw hair, like not raw, but like not locked up hair at the bottom. Oh, it looks cute. Yeah. It looks cute. All right, last night I guess I, I, guess, look, I had I got normal hair for you again. And he goes, it's not the same as you <laughs> Dude, her hair is perfect. You know her hair. Like yeah. it's the softest fucking hair in the world. You got her bang to Yeah. Not the same. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go get me and uh your child off. Okay. I love you. I love you. I like the blue. I love Yeah, the I like blue. the blue a lot. It looks pretty. So yeah, um today has been uh you're hanging out. Okay. Yeah, we have a car here. Yeah, like we all enjoy the cabinet. Oh yeah, and she's 
Possibly getting their little magic. Oh, yes, you do. Find your door, my friend. Mm. So that brings me to what you said last night. Yes. Yeah. Say it again. So I stopped asking people. I think so often when you meet new people and you there's the natural conversation points that you what do you just do? Where you are you from? Yeah. And I realized that when you ask somebody what they do or where they went to school, it automatically assigns them in a hierarchical or sort of a class manner. Mm -hmm. Someone tells me they're a doctor, they're going to get a different reaction. Or right. somebody tells me they went to Princeton. And I wanted to take that out of it because yeah. I, what I want to know is what brings you joy. So often I'll say, instead of saying, what do you do? I, I'll ask, what do you do for joy? And it just completely opens up a, a different vein of conversation. And more often than not, an authentic response. So what do you think that's done for you as a human, um, being able to reframe questions in that way? Yeah. Because now you got to walk the talk, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it helps me see people. It helps me see the person, not the position or not the education, which is all noise. Yeah. Right? That's all in the peripheral. And those mm. are things that assign a lot of value to. Yeah. Kids are told, you got to go to college, you got to go to college, you got to go to college. The only people I know that actually still work in the field that they went to college for are like doctors, lawyers, and engineers. And so we put this tremendous yeah. amount of I mean, and I'm not saying it's not important, right, right. but it's it's one of these things that you automatically will hear, oh, if someone went to Princeton, you automatically make assumptions about that person. Or somebody went to school, you make yeah. us you you have these associations or these biases. We have unconscious bias. Yeah. And if I'm asking you what you do for joy, A, it makes the it makes the person receiving that question really contemplate you as well, right? Because if somebody's yeah. asking me that question, they're seen and they want to hear me. Absolutely. So it just how it sparked so much yeah. last night. I was like, wow, that's beautiful. That's brilliant. And like when I don't know somebody and they come to me with that type of mm -hmm. speak, I'm like, oh. Oh yeah, you oh, know, you think differently. Do you think this is on purpose? You know? I do. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's really fun. Uh, cool though. I mean, it's not something I always did, right? But it's something that as I've gotten more in tune with my divinity, yeah. um, and my humanity. She said earlier about you know we're all human and we are not infallible and we make mistakes yeah. and. I don't even strive for I don't even strive for perfection. It's unattainable. Right. So why am I going to torture myself with that? Uh, Bill Murray has an awesome quote that says, uh, "Awesome is a side effect of being weird." Yes, I have that on a pin. <laughs> I really, I really. Love I have that. that on a pin on my favorite army hat. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and so it's simple, like little, just simple, punchy sentiments like that yeah. that really will stop and make you oh that's you know yeah. and it reframes like it makes weird a rainbow then right rather than, rather than, like than an outcast yeah right? absolutely so it's, uh, it's for me it's, I'll say it through all the time I'm like when I'm really struggling with things I'll try to pivot the lens Put out, we like try. from from which I'm looking at it because 
there is more than one reality. It's not just mine. In this room, there are three realities because we see and feel and experience things differently. We could be in the same exact situation. So we all have our reality. Yeah, yeah. Everything a matter of perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah absolutely. It absolutely is. I absolutely. Mean, yeah, everything's seen through the lens of that person's perspective. So everyone is having their own individual experience. Yeah. Yep. And then, like, you decide what sure. your reality is. And exactly. You choose the path. You yeah. you take what you're presented with, whatever that stimulus is, and then you react to it and you move in a direction, right? And so, and the thing about reality too is that it can pivot <laughs> something that you may have felt very intensely in your 20s when you have hindsight and lived experience behind you, you can look at it in a completely different way. Yeah, I had a guy that went on the road with me. Um, he started being my biggest fan and then halfway through the trip got real butt hurt at me and I don't know why. Started trying to pull my team apart and like fucking really being cancerous to every like bond I'm trying to build. Then recently I see him at a convention and he's like, hey man, I'm really sorry for all that like a lot of shit's gone down since then and i see things a lot differently now and it's like dude the fact that this happened in like a year's time year and a half's time i was super proud of him yeah because i was like fuck it usually takes me way longer than a year a year and a half to change my perspective and be like dog sorry i was fucking wrong yeah you know mm -hmm. like, outside the bathroom you know, with strangers all around and shit, like my man stopped me intelligently and on purpose, intentionally to like say, I'm sorry. And I was like, whoa. Last That's year, some serious growth in a short amount of time. Yes, yes. Something so, happened yeah. to humble him. Yeah. And life, I think that's what the new year has brought me humbling moments so I can yeah. learn how to for sure uh, recalibrate right quick. <laughs> and get through the moments of humbling because god they suck sometimes but you have a learner's mindset yeah. so you want to learn absolutely you want to be i need better. it i need it and there are yeah. people that aren't that far in their journey They're i remember being there yeah you know and like so, i know a lot and i don't need no more because i know more than you bitch and it's like whoa and apologizing is hard it's really hard to oh, apologize without qualifying Someone just comes to you and says, I'm sorry, and doesn't do the but. Because a lot of the times you'll get the I'm sorry. But see, that's why you were reading The judge is just like, but I don't think you're sorry. Uh, someone just comes peace. up and says to you, I'm sorry. And it's that simple. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's hard. That's a tough mm -hmm. one. It's hard, to... it's hard not to feel like you have to justify or rationalize your where you were and what you were doing. And there are circumstances when you need to provide that explanation. Yeah. Absolutely, like to call out, I was an asshole. Call yourself out, you have to hold yourself accountable. Because yeah. people who love you often don't do it. No, you're let you right. go. No, you're right. That's just Arlene, that's what she does. And so then you get into this kind of codependency sort of thing, right? right? I want you to let me be mad, yeah. but I also want you to fucking correct me. Yeah. Yeah. What is correction to happen? 
we're going to end up in fucking China rather than fucking Maui if you don't fucking steer the boat the right way. Like, I need a course correction yeah. here. You know, like, so yeah, and it's hardest for those close to you. And it's easy to give nitpicky uh, criticism. Criticism. Yeah. Criticism's different than critical feedback. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, this conversation so, is seated mm-hmm. negativity. Feedback is I want to help you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know critical feedback. That is something I'm going to take from us meeting. Yeah. Uh, and try and incorporate it into my life because yeah. Criticism is easy. It's yeah, really it's easy. Really easy. Really easy. I don't like that. It's ugly. No, but, but, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. asked me something the other day. Oh, her client asked me something. And she's like, should I say this or should I say that? Or should I not say something? And I said, is it helpful? Is what you're going to say mm. helpful? And she thought about it. And she's like, thank you. I wasn't... I wasn't thinking, you know, through the entire process of how this lands. What's my intention? What am I aiming to achieve? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's fucking wild. Like that little bit. That reminds me of a saying from my mom. Anything you say should go through three filters. Yeah. Is it hurtful? Is it helpful? And is it true? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was trying to think of uh, the adage like that because somebody used to say that to me all the time. Uh, and so my her, mom used to say that to me all the time. Uh, she would say, is it, is, "Is it kind instead of is it hurtful?" Yeah. But yeah, I love that your mom's a smart lady, apparently. Oh, she was really smart. I didn't always know it, but she was really smart. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it goes. When I was young, I had my head really far up my ass. Uh, I think we all kind of do that at times. So I think that's a requirement in you. Yeah, no shit. I think, I, think that, I think we're programmed that way. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah, we all have to go through it to get <laughs> to get somewhere else. And if you need to tap in, <laughs> holler, you know, because we said it's going to be huh? no, a reasonably small session. Great. <laughs> no, I yeah. like, how long has it been? Because, well, you guys, getting cold. you guys have been gone. At this point, about five hours. I don't know what we started at two and around three. Great. Okay. Oh, so that's why we began here good and you know ready. It's about six. All right. All right. Uh-oh. Oh shit. Hey. I mean, we don't have to finish this centerpiece tonight either. So, um, but yeah, you know what? I'm getting back in a tattoo world now. So I'm gonna run. Uh, I'm gonna run too. It's food time. Oh yeah. Uh, congrats on your new job offer. I'm super yeah. stoked for you. Thank you very much. I am so oh, fucking yeah. excited. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, have a great evening. I love you. Be good. I love you too. I'll talk Bye. to you soon. Yep, I will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, Amber, and bye, everyone at the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. I appreciate you all for tuning in. Once again, thank you, Guy. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Reinventing the Tattoo, all the sponsors, everyone that helps make this happen. Uh, Talking about feelings isn't something tattooers are accustomed to doing, uh, but now we have two shows on Reinventing that talk about feelings, and that's Sweet Dick. So um, love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Be good to yourselves and others. 